I'm so sorry about the interruption. Again, we're reading Colossians 3 and 1. It says, if then you was raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died in your life. Listen to this. It says your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So he's saying, not only are we sitting together with Christ in heavenly places, at the, but we need to set our mind on things above. Set your affections, what's the translation? Set your affections on things above, not on things below, right? Uh, because things below are, set your affections on things above, which are eternal, not on things below, which are temporal. Uh, we want to set our mind on God. How do you set your mind? Well, we have to think on what's over things are lovely, what's over things are pure, what's over things are praiseworthy, what's over things are good report. The word of God says these are the things that we need to think on. Because um, when we're thinking evil thoughts, those are not God's thoughts because love think it no wrong. It does not think evil, right? God is not having evil thoughts about us, okay? The devil is the one that's having evil thoughts about us. He's the one that's having us to think evil thoughts about ourselves. Okay, we need to cast down those evil imaginations by replacing the devil's thoughts with God's word. I'm going to, you know, it's the simplicity of the gospel because it doesn't matter how many scriptures we know. It doesn't matter how much Bible we read and all our getting. We have to get some understanding because we cannot have faith for what we don't understand. Right. And the Bible tells us in the parable of the sower, I think it's Matthew 13, that Satan is able to steal the word. When we do not understand it. We cannot act on something we do not understand, right? So it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is seated. So we're raised with him, spiritually speaking. We want to set our mind on things above. He's telling us. He's giving us instructions here. Remember, I told you when you read the word, look for the verb. So the action verb. So we're going to set our mind on things above, not on things on this earth. We're not going to be distracted by what's going on around us. We're going to focus on what the word of God is saying to us. Remember, we as believers are called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. So we're going to set our mind on things above, not on things on this earth. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we're going to, for, for you died. What is he saying you died? You spiritually speaking, you died, right? And your spirit came alive. You're dead in Christ. The flesh is dead, right? We walk in the spirit, not according to the flesh. We, when we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of flesh. He said, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Yesterday, he said that our, our life is complete in him, right? We're complete in him. The Bible says, Colossians tells us, Colossians uh, uh, 2 was telling us that we're complete in him. And here it's saying that our life is hidden with Christ in God to set our mind on things above. Don't be distracted by what's going on in this earth. We can be emotionally stable and we'll keep our minds stayed on the Lord. This is why Jesus tells us, he said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. But if you keep your mind stayed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace, right? 
When Christ, who is our life, appeared, then you will also appear with him. Okay, Colossians 3 and 5. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in him. It says, therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth. Put to death your uh, fleshly members. What do you mean? No, listen. He's saying, put, let's stop doing that. Let's not do that anymore. Let's, let's quit doing it. Put it to death. Dead men don't sin, right, when we're uh, spiritually speaking. He's saying, stop doing that. We're not going to do that anymore. Put that to rest. Put that to death. That's over. We move past that. We're not doing that anymore. Um, one second. It went off line for some reason. Hold on one second. Let me get my spot back here. He said, put it to rest. We're not, we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. We have to see our, our new life is hid in Jesus Christ and we are made complete in him. We're made complete in him. Let me get back there. One second. Okay, so Colossians 3 and 5. It says, therefore, okay, that's what we had. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is greedy, which is greed, causes us to covet after what someone else wants. Which is awesome, which he says, listen to this. He said, evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because when we covet other things, it causes us to want it. it. You know, we're supposed to be wanting Christ, seeking after him, not coveting and seeking after the things of this world. When you find yourself coveting after something, being greedy, saying, oh, I want it, desiring it more than God, that's idolatry. Oh, I want to be just like them. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want what they got. That's covetousness, which is idolatry. Learn to be content in whatever state you're in, right? See yourself where you are now is on your way to where God is taking you. This is not the final place. Every day that we're woke, we're moving. God wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory, okay? We don't have to covet after anyone else's stuff. What God has for you is set aside just for you, okay? Can't nobody take what God has for you. So be anxious for nothing. You don't have to try to manipulate. We don't have to try to scheme, scam, lie, or do anything. What God has for us, what God has for you has been set aside for you. That's their stuff. That's not your stuff. David could not wear King Saul's armor because that wasn't his armor. That was King David's armor. It doesn't fit. It wasn't adjusted to his size. That wasn't his. God had gave David what he wanted him to have for battle, which was a, a rock and a sling, right? That was his weapon of warfare. Uh, Colossians 3 and 6, it says, Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Because why? Because of what things? Because they won't put to death uh, those things which are on the earth because they won't put, put to death. They won't stop what it means to put to death. They won't, they won't stop fornicating. 
They won't stop uncleanliness. They won't stop evil passions and evil desires. And they won't stop coveting coveting after other people's stuff. So he said, because of these things, because of those things, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, because of those things, it says the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. He said, he's talking about people that's not saved, people that have not accepted Jesus Christ. He said, the sons of disobedience. He said, because we used to do those things too. Proverbs 3 and 6, he said, you used to do these things too, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. You know, before we accepted Christ, we was doing those things too. He said, you was just like this because you was a son of disobedience too. But, but, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. He, now he's talking to the believers. He said, now you yourselves are to put off all these. The apostles talking to the church. He said, listen here, you need to put these things off. You need to put off these. You need to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. He said, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Listen, this is what we used to do when we lived in darkness. But now, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, right? Is it 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 5, 17? He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, behold, which means, look, see, all things have become new. Look, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, that means, look, see, all things have become new. Now that we're in Christ Jesus, we are to walk in the newness of life. Listen here. He's talking to us about our new identity in Christ Jesus. He said, you need to put, we need to put these things off as believers. We need to put off anger as a born again believer. We need to put off wrath, malice. Okay. Do not lie to one another since you have put off this old man with his deeds, right? We are new creatures. Dead men don't sin. And when we see ourselves as being crucified with Christ, when he died, we died. We were baptized into his death. When he rose, we rose. Uh, spiritually speaking, we identifying with the resurrection. We are identifying with the newness of life. So if you haven't been water baptized, go get water baptized. It's just a symbolism. It doesn't save you for anything. But what we're doing, we're openly confessing and agreeing with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we go under the water, that, that symbolizes the death. When we come out of the water, that symbolizes the resurrection. I identify with you. I am openly doing this to identify that my old man is dead. I put to, I put to rest. I'm no longer walking in my flesh. I'm walking now in the newness of life. I am walking in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to put off anger, malice, all these things. Colossians 3 and 8 and 9 talks about. He says, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Since we have put off the old man, we need to put off those old behaviors. Blasphemy, filthy language coming out of our mouth. He said all of this stuff, anger, wrath. He said, you need, we need to put all these things off. This is our work. This is why I say things like, we're the main subject of our own life story. This is our work. This is what we're called to do. Put off malice, put off anger, put off blasphemy. These are the things that the Lord is saying, you as a believer. And then he's going on Colossians 3 and 10 and have put on, he's saying, 
Let me read nine, Colossians three and nine. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. In Christ, listen here, in Christ, you know, people say, well, Jesus was a black man. You know what I tell them? <laughs> okay. You, your skin is black, so when he in you, he black, right? But God is a spirit. The Bible says that God is a spirit. But don't get off into those philosophies and all that kind of stuff because just stay away from that kind of stuff because it's only going to lead to unfruitful hearing. It's not going to lead to anything. It's going to lead to strife and confusion. It doesn't matter because he is not a spirit. Colossians, uh, let me take you to this, uh, 6, no, 5. I'm sorry. It's Colossians 5, um, 16. Corinthians 5, 16. It tells us, he says, no, no man. We know no longer know man, a man according to the flesh. We neither, neither do we no longer know Christ according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, right? He's saying, listen here, I don't want you looking at Christ according to the flesh because he's not on the cross anymore. And when we see Christ as being on the cross, we don't, we're not going to understand the resurrection. Christ is no longer, this is why I don't wear crosses with Christ on the cross, because Christ is no longer on the cross. Okay, it's five. I'm sorry, it's Second Corinthians 5 17, 16 and 17. He's no longer on the cross. Okay, he's sitting. We just read it, right? We just read where in this scripture, Corinthians, Colossians 1 and um, 3, and I think it's 1 or 2. I'm going to go back to it. I'm going somewhere else right quick. We read it where he said that he's sitting. At the right hand of the Father, right? So, you know, this is how I know, too, a lot of times when God gave someone a song. Because when God gives us a song, it's going to be in line with his word, right? Because you can sing a lie as well as you can tell a lie. Um, let's, follow the, let's follow the word. Because when we follow the word, we follow Christ. And when we get stray away from the word, that's when we begin to stray away from Christ. It doesn't matter who's saying it. My, our allegiance is not to people. Our allegiance is to Jesus. And we follow people as they follow Christ. So when they quit following Christ, you need to quit following them. It doesn't matter who they are. Because we don't want to take people and make them into our God. You know, Jesus is Lord. Right. And, and he said, my sheep know my voice and the stranger's voice that when I follow. So if, if I quit following you, that must mean somewhere along the way you've quit following after Christ. Right. Um, we follow each other. At, we follow, you know, the Lord as they follow Christ. OK, um, it's second Corinthians. OK, it's second Corinthians. I'm going to read both of them. Five, sixteen, and 17. Please write this down and go back and read it. Second Corinthians. five. This is the new King James Version. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, right? Because he came in the form of a human being. They was there with them. They touched them. They saw him. You know, we haven't been able to physically touch him, but they was there. The apostle Paul was there. He said, we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know know him thus no longer we no longer know him or see him according to the flesh we have to okay we, we cannot we no longer identify with christ according to the flesh okay he's not a flesh man 
he died, he was crucified, he was buried, and he resurrected. And when he came back, he was a spirit, right? So 17 says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 16, and 17, okay? This is the New King James Version. Let me see if we can do it. Let me see the NLT version. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16, it says, So we have stopped um, evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view because he was on the earth, right? How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And God wants us to walk in the newness of life, in our new identity in Christ Jesus. When we don't know who we are or how we are, we're going to live the same way. But we have to spend time renewing our mind because our body will do what the mind tell it to, right? So as we begin to renew our mind, our body will do what the mind tell it to. Okay, um, so Colossians 3. Colossians 3 and 1, remember? If then we were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, right? He's a spirit. God, Christ is a spirit, right? We no longer see him as a flesh man. We see him as a spirit. Same way with us. We're sitting together, spiritually speaking, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're one member. We're one member. We're many members, but there's one body. We've all baptized into the body of Christ by one spirit. This is what the word. When we accepted Christ, we was baptized into the body of Christ. This is why we say, Abba, Father. This is why we call each other sisters and brothers, because uh, we're related by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Remember, Jesus was teaching in the temple, and he said to them, um, they couldn't. there wasn't room enough for his mother to get into the room, and so they said, your mother is here. And Jesus said, he was teaching, he said, who is my mother, my father, my brother, except he that doeth the will of the Lord, right? So this is why we call each other sisters and brothers. He that doeth the will of the Lord. You'll find yourself being closer to your spiritual sisters and brothers than your natural sisters and brothers because we have the same spirit and you have more things in common. You, they don't, a carnal mind cannot understand the natural mind, the unrenewed mind. When I say carnal mind, I'm talking about the unrenewed mind. Or the mind, the person who has not accepted Christ, is a carnal mind. They cannot understand the things of God. They cannot understand the word of God because they're spiritually discerned, right? So the reason we can understand the word of God is because we have the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, and he helps us to understand, and he helps it to make sense. You know, before I accepted Jesus Christ, the word of God was like, it was like written in, a two, written in a completely different language. It made absolutely no sense because I was trying to figure it out with my natural mind and not my spiritual mind. Because I had not accepted Jesus Christ. It was hidden from me. 
But when I accepted Jesus Christ, I was able to go back, read it, and then I was able to understand it because there was spiritually discerned. I could not understand the things of the Lord with my natural carnal mind. Okay, let's go on. Um, if you have any questions, please leave them in the comments. Or um, you guys remember to subscribe to my podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Please share the podcast. Please share the YouTube page. Hit the like and subscribe button on my YouTube page. Um, Colossians 3 and 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. This is, hold on. This is, listen, this is entitled the character of the new man. Remember, we new creatures now. We no longer live according to our old life, according to the life we lived before we accepted Christ. You know, I tell people, I was like, I didn't get saved to live the same kind of old way. I got saved because I knew that I was in need of a savior. My life was a hot mess. And this is why I say, you know, um, I'm so convinced that my way was the wrong way. I don't want my way anymore. We're almost finished with Colossians 3. This is mm -mm good, isn't it? We really need to go back and listen to this because Colossians is talking a lot about who we are in Christ, our new identity. He's talking about us sitting together in heavenly places with him. He's talking about our life being hid in Christ, right? Um, he says, therefore, Colossians 3 and 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, he's telling us what to put on. He told us to take off anger, wrath, and all those other things, right? Now he's telling us what to put on. He said, you need to put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness and long suffering. This is the characteristics of Christ. He said, this is what we need to take off that anger, take off that wrath, take off that all that other, other mess. But And this is what you need to put on. This is the new man. We need to walk in the newness of life. Walk in the newness of life. He says, Colossians 3 and 8. He says, take off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. He said, put off that old man with his deeds. Quit acting like you used to act before you accept Christ. Here he's saying, now, now that you are in Christ, this is the characteristics of your new, this should be our new identity. He's talking about the uh, character of the new man, the characteristics of the new man. This is signs that we've been walking in the newness of life. We put on tender mercies. We put on kindness. We put on humility. We put on meekness. We put on long suffering. He says that we're to bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do the same. You must also do. Um, Colossians 3, 14. But above all these things, he says we're to put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Because when we're walking in love, guess what? Love is going to be easy to... Uh, it's going to be easy to forgive. When we're walking in love, it's going to be easy to be tender. It's going to be easy to be mercy, merciful. It's going to be easy to be kind because love, that's what love is. Love is kind. Love is merciful. Love is tender. Love is humble. Love is meekness. It's not prideful. It's meekness. Love is long suffering because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle, right? So when we put on love, which is the bond of perfection, it's going to hold everything together. Love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. That's the key to all of this. This is not about me praying, saying, oh, Lord, help me to be humble. Oh, Lord, help me to be kind. That's not, that's not the prayer. It is all about um, the love relationship. Whatever we do in word or deed, we're to do it as unto the Lord. 
And when we're um when we're doing when G, when God is our goal, our motive is going to be good. We want our we want our when our motive is good, our motive is God. When it's in line with what God is saying, right? So when we walk in love, we're going to be tender. We're going to be kind. We're going to be patient. We're not going to commit adultery. We're not going to do anything evil because love is opposite to evil. So our focus is developing that love relationship, having reverence, because those who fear the Lord, he'll make his covenant known to us, right? When we fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So the more we learn to love God, the more we'll learn to hate evil. Because when you love someone, remember what I said earlier, your heart desire is to please them. He says in Colossians 3.15, he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called into one body. And be thankful. He said, be thankful. Lord, I sure do thank you, Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of God dwell in you. Let it dwell in you and richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Singing with grace. Well, singing. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Lord, I sure do thank you, Lord. Sing when you know you walk in the house cleaning and words start coming to you. It's like, ooh, that's a whole song. That's a nice song. <laughs> and whatever you do in word or deed, here it is. This is the scripture I'm always talking about in Colossians. Colossians, write this down. Colossians 3 and 17. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, he said, you need to, we need to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God, the Father, through him. Whatever we do in word or deed, Colossians 3 and 17. Colossians 3 and 17. Whatever we do in word or deed, we're to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him. So all this stuff he told us to do, just like I was saying earlier, we're to do it in, un, as unto the Lord, which means it doesn't matter what I feel like. I'm going to do it because God said to do it. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. It has nothing to do with what you say, what you don't say, how you act, because we're not, remember, we're, we're doing it because this is what, our father said to do. And Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. Keep my commands. I'm doing this out of my love for God. It, 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 I might not feel like I love you, but that's not what I'm doing this because, and how many, remember what we, as unto the Lord, when the Bible say, wives submit unto your husbands, as unto the Lord, then it says submit uh, unto your husband as fitting unto the Lord. It goes on to say for husband and wives to submit themselves one to another. Also in Ephesians, listen, Everything we do in word or deed, in actions, our goal, our motive, it should always be as unto the Lord. It should always be so God can get the glory. If God is not, when God is not our motive, the gift is not good. The deed is not good because the motive was not God. We know our motive. We know why we do certain things. And the Holy Spirit, you know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it lives on the inside of us. We do know this, right? So the gifts of the spirit, they can operate through us just like they did Jesus. And the Bible say, and Jesus knew their thoughts. He said, you can't read people's mind. 
No, but the Holy Spirit, he is a discerner of the thoughts and he does know the intent of the heart. So the Holy Spirit can let you know, because no, you as a human being can't know, but the Holy Spirit can give you a word of knowledge, which is a gift of the Spirit. He can't give you a word of knowledge to let you know why they're doing what they're doing or why they're saying what they're saying. Yes, the Holy Spirit, because that same spirit that was in Christ is in us. I'm not talking about mind reading, fortune telling. That's demonic. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the gifts of the spirit. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the discerning of the spirit. There's nine of them. They're in Corinthians. The, the, the gifts of the spirit. This is what I'm talking about. He can let you know. He can let you know. He can let you in on some inside stuff. Right? He can let you know. The apostle Paul, listen here. Let me, let me show you this is true. The word of knowledge. These are the gifts of the spirit. They're in 2 Corinthians 9, I think. But we, if we, let's go to the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Let's, 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 uh, people say, well, you don't know what this person is. No, you absolutely right. You absolutely right. You don't. We're not talking about mind reading. We ain't talking about fortune telling. Um, we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Remember when Ananias, I'm going to find this in the book of Acts. Ananias and Sapphira, they came and they lied to the apostle Paul. Hold on. And he told him, he said, why have you let the devil put this in your heart to lie to me? Hold on, let me find it. Ananias, because I, I want to read it to you. To let you know that the gifts of the Spirit, <laughs> they, are, they are operational. <laughs> and, uh, and he will let them operate in your life. And I'm not just talking about the discerning of the Spirit. Um, uh, because the discerning of the spirits is not just to let you know something evil, but the discerning of the spirit is for good too. You should be able to distinguish between good and evil. We should be able to know what's good, what's evil, what's God, what's the devil, right? Um, that's what the discerning of the spirits for. It got, the Holy Spirit does not want us to be deceived. The same way you don't want your child to be deceived. And when we're teaching, our, we exercise our ability to discern, right? This is what you're trying to teach our kids, right? Good from evil, right from wrong. No, don't do that. No, don't say that. That's not good. This is good. We're trying to teach them to distinguish, right? We're exercising. How do we exercise our ability to discern? By comparing it to the word. Someone's coming to you. They're not saying you are. You love the Lord all your heart. Well, is that God or not? Well, according to what we of the word, it's not because Corinthians 6 tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? We can distinguish. We can discern. This is if we're serious about being a disciple because a disciple of Jesus Christ is a follower and a doer, not just a hearer, but he's an actual doer of the word of God. So take it. This man is married. He's leaving his wife. They've been separated for 10 years, but they want to date you. Is that God or the, de the devil? That's not God because this man is still married and this man needs to go and get him a divorce decree. Um, this man, you know, I always tell people, people who's willing to cheat with you are people who's willing to cheat on you. Jesus said, no people buy their fruit. They're showing you there is no commitment to marriage. Okay. 
Yes, people can get delivered and yes, people can get set free. But listen here, judge everything in line with and according to the word of God. And this is how you're exercising your ability to design. Okay. And, and another thing, we shouldn't just be able to discern other people. We should be able to discern ourselves. We should be able to, we know, we know our heart motive. I know if I'm calling you because I'm really checking on you or if I'm calling on you because you called me. The Holy Spirit, he is a discerner of the thoughts of you. We have to know what we're dealing with so we'll know, you know, we'll be able to have the wisdom of God to deal with it accordingly. So when you're dealing with someone and you, you come up on a spirit of envy, you don't shout out, oh, you're being jealous. That's not how you do it. For me, what the Lord had me do is to encourage the person because it's just really a sign of them just not knowing who they are or how special they are because the same spirit that raised me from the dead is the same spirit that raised you from the dead. There's no competition. You're good at whatever God has called you to do. I'm good at whatever God has called me to do. And why is that? It's not because it's anything special about me. It's all because of our God who's good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Okay, let me find this Ananias and Sapphira story. It's in the book of Acts. I want to read it to you so people can understand and know that the Holy Spirit, it, the Word of God, it is a discerner of the thoughts. And the Holy Spirit does know the intent of the heart. Um, um, this is what the Word of God does. The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts, and it knows the intent of the heart. So, yes, the Holy Spirit can let you know what's the intent of this person's heart. The Holy Spirit can give you a word of knowledge to let you know why they're saying what they're saying and why they're doing what they're doing. The Holy Spirit, not you, you're right. No man, no human man. When I hear people say that, I'm like, okay, well, they don't know the Holy Spirit because why the Lord does not want us to be ignorant of anything the devil say or anything the devil do. He don't want us to be ignorant of any of the devil devices. The same way you don't want your children being deceived by the devil devices. So Ananias and Sapphira, they lied, right? Let me tell you what he said. What did the apostle Paul say? He said, you ain't lied to me, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Was this not yours in the first place? Um, let's see, here it is. Ananias was in control of the money. Let me read it to you, because I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, that the Word of God, I'm going to take you there too, it's a discerner of the thoughts, and it knows the intents of the heart, and we all operate in it from time to time, right? He don't want us, he don't want us, uh, he don't want us uh, being caught off guard. I've been an instrument with uh, where you know you finna get messed over. But that's okay because if, the, if, if uh, that's why that's finna happen to you, it's not even for you, it's for that person. This is, if this is what I have to go to to be able to talk to you, to be able to minister to you, then so be it. Okay, listen here. The devil thinks that they be getting over, but the devil's not getting over. The devil is defeated. We need to always be forthcoming and upright in our business dealings. Okay, don't leave none of the story out. It's just deception. It's being deceitful. Because if you think, if you tell people the full truth, they're not going to do what you want them to do. That's being deceitful. Um, um, Acts 5. Acts 5. Let's read Acts 5. Okay, here it is. Now a man named Ananias 
together with his wife, Sapphira also sold a piece of property with his wife, with his wife's full knowledge, okay? She knew what was going on, okay? She had full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself. Listen to this. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit will let you know, um, it will discern, it will let you know what's going on, okay? He will give you a word of knowledge. He'll let you know what's going on. So here come Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira. They, they, had, they sold a piece of property. He kept back part of the money. His wife had full knowledge of it. Read it, Acts 5, 1 through 11. I'm telling you, the word of God is a power of God. The Holy Spirit is a helper. The gifts of the Spirit are operational. And I'm telling you, most of the time when I talk to people, <laughs> the Holy Spirit lets me know exactly what's going on. He lets me know why they're calling me. He lets me know why they're saying what they're saying. Okay? The Holy Spirit, but just because he does that don't mean you blurt it out. Oh, well, sometimes he will release you to say things um, because it's going on long enough. Okay? If you call, if you are a liar and you call and you talk to me and you be telling lies, um, he might not have me to say nothing right then, but I know that you're lying, right? It's the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God loves people. Let's Listen here. God loves people. God loves people. And it's not that person. It's that spirit that's in that person. So rather than coming out and just saying, you lying, you just be lying to me. No. You may have me come at it another way. You know, from, from the word of God. Sometimes you may just have me come out and just be straight with it. Right? But we don't have to lie to anyone because... The truth of the matter is that only somebody that has the ability to put us in heaven or hell is God himself. That's the only one we need to reverence in here. Okay? Have respect, have respect for it. Here, uh, let me finish this. Acts 5, where we say that the Holy Spirit is a design of thoughts. Pre well, you don't, don't, you don't know another man's heart. You don't know another man's thoughts. You're absolutely right. You don't. But the Holy Spirit with the word of God, which is a designer of the thoughts and it knows the intents of the heart, it can let you in on in some, some, some inside stuff. You can say, this is why they're calling you. This is why they're saying that. You know, I'm a very good listener. I want to listen. I'm a good, because I'm not even listening with my natural ears. I'm listening with my spiritual ears. Why is this? Because God loves people. He loves people. And God wants to see people delivered and set free. I'm not a good listener because I'm listening to catch someone in anything. I want to be able to fellowship and praise the Lord with them. But when they start throwing lies and stuff in there, the Holy Spirit brings back to me the conversation that said, they said this last time. Okay? It's not to crush or condemn. But it is to bring correction or to help us to be able to see. Right? We have to keep a check on our heart because man looks at the outside and say, and they'll give you praise. But God is looking at our heart and say, you know what? That's a mess. You need to fix that. You need to, you know, we need to take this anger off because I know your motive. I know why you say what you say. I know why you do what you do. Remember, chastisement. He chastised those that he loved. He's not correcting us because he hates us. He's correcting us because he, he's trying to protect us from harm. He's trying to protect us from the evil one. So second Corinthians, I mean uh, Acts 5 and 3. So two, she knew about the money. Ananias come and they sold the property. Then Peter said to Ananias 
Acts 5 and 3. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some I have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Right? He said it was already yours. It was already yours before you sold it. And after, and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? You had the money after you sold it. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not seen. He was discerning. How the apostle Peter... This is Peter, I'm sorry. How did Peter know what Ananias and 